Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who would win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. At a dive bar in old-time Hollywood, a faded star nurses a drink. Carrot juice. Neat, the rabbit requests. Ain't you had enough for one night, buddy? The bartender responds. I'll tell you when I've had enough, Wiseacre. Bugs retorts. It is then that the icon Mickey Mouse walks in. He heads straight for Bugs and tries to get him to call it a night. Bugs sees Mickey with clear eyes and remembers why he's in such a foul mood to begin with. My show is canceled, Mickey. My cartoons are getting pulled from streaming. I need those residuals, Mickey. Gosh, pal, Mickey responds. I don't think streamers even pay residuals. Bugs Bunny gets enraged and throws his carrot juice, smashing the glass on the floor. You think you're better than me, is that it? Well, I'll show you. Put up your dukes, bub. Mickey sighs and knows he did what he could. But if this fight is inevitable, he knows that he must come out on top. It's Mortimer versus the Waskily Wabbit. It's Disney versus Warner Brothers. It's Mickey Mouse versus Bugs Bunny. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, the legendary, Ray Stacanus. It's our fifth matchup in Showdown September, and it all comes down to this. Ray Stacanus and I are tied with two wins each, and today's episode will crown this year's champion of Showdown September. In one corner, you have Mickey Mouse, a character who embodies the heart and soul of the business juggernaut known as Disney versus Bugs Bunny, Warner Brothers' wise-cracking, carrot-eating mascot. As usual, I did the patent hood when Google test just to see how many billions of times this obvious matchup has been discussed, and this battle has been discussed so many times that today's episode may have a ripple effect felt throughout geek culture and the entire entertainment business community based on who wins today. So, no pressure. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's battle? I, as always, am fired up for this battle. Showdown September, as Robert Clark Chad has called it, he refers to it as a boring month. I refer to it as a money-making month. This is where we put the battles the people demand right in front of them and say, give us your ad revenue. And in that, I think this Showdown September has been very, very successful. This might be the biggest battle we've ever done on the Who Would Win show. 
you know, Ray, you're, you're right. This is no joke. And and not only would this possibly be the biggest matchup in the movement history, but today's winner will also be crowned the winner of Showdown September. And that's kind of a big deal. See, what the fans don't know, let me pull back the curtain a little bit, a little bit is, that, is that your life kind of changes when you win Showdown September and you win that Showdown September crown. It's actually a true fact. Last time I won Showdown September, Mercedes asked me to step in and drive for Lewis Hamilton in Formula One in Monaco. Yeah, lots of fun. Still lost to Red Bull because Verstappen's just a freaking monster. Uh, SpaceX said they would give me a huge plot of land on Mars after we conquer it. Of course, I mean, we colonize it. There's clearly nothing living there now. And most importantly, the greatest thing ever, my name was put on a plaque as a winner of Showdown September in the Hoodwin production team's bathroom. You can't do any better than that. Ray, how did your life change when you won Showdown September? The thing is, James, I've won Showdown September so many times at this point that it's basically a common occurrence in this household. I'm glad like the one time you won Showdown September, people noticed, people expect me to win Showdown September year after year after year. And let's face facts, that's exactly what I do. You don't celebrate the mundane, James. I don't necessarily need to celebrate all of my victories in this month. So you're saying you've gotten nothing from winning Showdown September. Is that true? I got a good feeling for five seconds, and then I just felt terror because I remembered there was another battle seven days that I could lose. Got it. That's uh, that's a great thing, too, I guess. Look, speaking of great things, let's just get to it. Let's introduce our guest judge, making another appearance on The Hulu Show. It's the world's tallest voice actor. It's the only voice actor evidently not in Starfield. It's also the only person powerful enough to oversee what could be the most significant Who Would Win matchup of all time. It's Roger Craig Smith. Roger, welcome back to Who Would Win. So good to be here on this boring month and and just <laughs> and, and and with two of my favorite Americans. Well, three, sorry, Chan, sorry about that. But yes, that everybody here is is officially an American now. That's a good thing. I, I'm honored to be here. It feels very patriotic, my appearance this time, with lots of pressure to basically ruin somebody's life here at the end of uh, of September. But yeah, uh, thank you for bringing me on. <laughs> Look, there there was really no one else we could bring on who we could trust with such a huge responsibility. And again, no pressure, Roger. It just is the biggest matchup in who would win yeah. history of all time. Listen, before we kind of get into particulars, tell the Legion of Audience what you've been up to. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, it's been a little bit of an interesting time in the industry, so uh, not much. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But uh, but staying busy, thankfully. This is the worst thing about my industry. It, it, all the stuff that I am working on, I can't tell you about. It, we have to wait for it to come out. They did just recently announce that there's a virtual reality Assassin's Creed game that's coming out with uh, with a character that I voiced oh. going way back to 2009. Ezio Auditore da Firenze is uh, making an appearance in this, uh, where you get to play as Ezio. Yes, uh, in in a, in an Assassin's Creed Nexus VR is the uh, is the official title. So I guess I can talk about that, and then other things that I can't talk about. But I, I I'm thankfully very busy, but also happy to not be as busy as it has been in the past, and yet. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see where that goes from there. I, I, I was about to say, I think things are going to change with the. Uh, you know, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed. The the strikes being over, but um, I don't think there's ever time when you're not busy. But you know, Roger, you're back on the show. You know, by popular demand, you're one of these kind of cool judges where whatever decision you make, the who would win fan base, the legion of audience doesn't question it at all. They're like, if oh, Roger wow. Craig Smith says it, then that's a thing. That's how I, it should have gone I, down. 
don't know that to be true. I feel like I've seen some flack from from a little bit of like smack talk from other people that have that have also maybe been judges that that were kind of like, oh, he pulled like a an unfair card or that kind of thing. It's almost like this isn't a very scientific show. It's kind of weird. That's outrageous. I... Let me tell you right now, when James wins a battle, I often get deluged by former judges or people who have judged the show asking me how anyone could judge so terribly, how anyone could miss so many obvious points to give James a victory. And all I have to respond is, you gave James a victory under these circumstances. And then the messages stop. I'm talking to you, Brent Pope. Oh, the Shrek versus Nemesis Slow match. Down. Or you know what I'm Ray, talking about. Is the background that change that you've made here with your? I feel very patriotic, yeah. so I wanted to go with the most patriotic image I could possibly find. So we got an eagle and stars and stripes fireworks. and flags and fireworks, yeah. and a guy lifting weights. Oh my gosh, there uh, is. Yeah, I, where's the beer and pizza? Yeah, I, I don't know how I can get more patriotic because let's let, let's not bury the lead anymore. James Gavsey is now an American. It's true. It's true. I am a real American. By the way, I did play uh, Hulk Hogan's theme song, Real American, very loud as I was pulling out from the uh, naturalization office in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, not sure how well that was received. Are you kidding me? We're playing it right now on the show. <laughs> the point is this. The point is this. I have felt like a real American for decades, and now it's official. I have pledged loyalty to the United States more so than it. Let me just get back to the show. Roger Craig Smith, listen, in all seriousness, <laughs> here's the deal. I actually, and this is a real serious question. This is a big, big episode. The yeah. biggest possibly in who would win history. All right. I mean, I know there's no pressure. You handle pressure beautifully as well. But do you have a process? Because you, you know, to get ready for these, these matches, you've done big matches before and just handled it like a champ. Do you have a mindset? Do you have a mantra? Is there a type of mindfulness or meditation that you do before you come onto the episode? There is a preparation. I have to go in open-minded and ready for anything, and even though I might have preconceived, like, you know, ideas about given characters or that kind of thing, I just have to let you guys do what you do and be honest in my my response as, excuse me, as to, yeah, that uh, that, was a, that was a sound argument, and I hadn't considered that, and therefore the winner goes to, yeah, Galaga. <laughs> Listen, I, I get it. It's a big ass to come onto the show. Like, we're, we're, you got to work. The judges have to work. You got to be present. There's a lot of pressure. And and if something goes awry where you're not paying attention, trust me, we'll let you know. The fans oh, yeah. will let you know. Things no, the go. fans will let us know. Yeah. We're just no. trying to say we, we really appreciate you coming on the show. And no pressure. You know, you just do what you do, Roger Craig Smith. We're okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it's all good. All I, right, I listen. American manipulative guilt, uh, passive aggressive approach to uh, problem solving. I, I can. Well done. Well done. All right, listen. We have an amazing formula for what's going to be an amazing show. We have huge stakes. We got big people representing. We got Roger Craig Smith. We got everything we need. So with all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Disney. The cartoon mouse who loves to go to baseball games so he can order some hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dogs. Mickey Mouse. And representing Warner Brothers, at least originally, the cartoon bunny who is frustratingly difficult to reach online, as he only responds to a WhatsApp, Doc, Bugs Bunny. Wasn't that Goofy who would say hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog? Wasn't or did he? It was They Might Be Giants, the great, great band. Yeah. 
performing for the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse uh, theme song at the end of every episode. They all were a part of it. Dance. I had no idea. Fantastic. I mean, that's just... The things you learn when you have a small child. I know. That used to be on all the time in my household. And then I had kids. They didn't like it. All right. Yeah. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, there are so many amazing versions of Mickey Mouse. What version will you be using today? Today, I'm going to be using, you know, we normally like to go with, uh, you know, specific versions. This is a battle a long time coming with a lot of iterations. I think we gotta go composite Mickey Mouse versus composite Bugs Bunny. I dare you to meet me in the middle, coward. That's where I think this battle needs to be. 95 years of Mickey Mouse? We need to hear about all of it. First of all, I don't I don't appreciate you calling Roger Craig Smith a coward. He's brave enough to be here, and he's present, and that's all there is to that. All right, Ray, you know what? Let's do it. I'll match your composite Mickey Mouse with composite Bugs Bunny. What the heck? Let's throw everything to the wind, and let's just go with it. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but would be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of debaters, whoever the judge decides, is the best case for defeating their opponent by death submission or battlefield removal the emphasis is on death with Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse by the way and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes and where no outside interference is allowed and finally rule number six the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic and before we get started don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you download and listen to podcasts Abandoned carts, rejected payments, spotty support. If you're selling online and something just isn't working, you deserve an upgrade. It's time for Shopify. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. Whether you're a garage entrepreneur or you're IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to start, run, and grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. So whether you're selling satin sheets from Shopify's in-person POS system or offering organic olive oil on Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform, you are covered. And once you've reached your audience, Shopify has the internet's best converting checkout to help you turn them from browsers into buyers. One of the things I love about Shopify is that there's no limit to how big you could potentially grow, right? No matter how big you think you can get, you can always get bigger because Shopify gives you everything you need to take control of your business and then take your business to the next level. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash www. Go to shopify.com slash www to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash www. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. 
Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse is one of the most famous and iconic characters in all of history. He was created by Walt Disney and first appeared in the cartoon short Steamboat Willie in 1928. With his trademark big ears, red shorts, and white gloves, Mickey Mouse has been a staple in the lives of everyone you've ever known or will ever know. Mickey catapulted the Disney Corporation and held them high so they could become the greatest entertainment entity, at least as we stand in 2023. Mickey has appeared in countless cartoon shorts, comic books, movies, TV series, video games, and more. Mickey has changed with the eras, going from a more mischievous personality to a friendlier one, but it does depend on the property. But it's all Mickey, as no matter the format, he's still a big star. Fun fact, Mickey had a live-action Mickey Mouse Club as a TV show that aired from 1955 to 1996 intermittently, creating several breakout stars who would go on to dominate the entertainment world on their own. Just being near Mickey Mouse, using his name to get on TV, might make you insanely famous. Stars like Justin Timberlake, Christina Aguilera, Annette Funicello, Carrie Russell from The Americans, Britney Spears, of course, and yes, even Ryan Gosling all got their big break as Mouseketeers. If you caught a break to get on that show, there was a very real chance that fame and fortune would see you real soon. And that is Mickey Mouse. Interesting. All right. Now, here are the details for Bugs Bunny. Bugs Bunny's an iconic animated character has become a symbol of American pop culture since its inception. Created by a team of animators and artists at Warner Brothers, including Tex Avery, Bob Givens, and Chuck Jones, Bugs Bunny made his official debut in the 1940 Mary Melodies cartoon, A Wild Hair, directed by Tex Avery. The character was initially developed as a clever, quick-witted rabbit who was always one step ahead of his adversaries. Over the years, Bugs Bunny evolved to embody a mix of urban sophistication and rural cunning, often breaking the the fourth wall to engage directly with the audience. His catchphrase, and what's up, Doc, quickly became a part of the American lexicon. His character is so significant that has been studied in academic circles for his cultural impact and representation of American values and attitudes. Bugs Bunny has received several awards, including his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and remains a beloved figure in the entertainment industry. And here's an interesting fact about Bugs Bunny. Did you know that Bugs Bunny may have saved the life of Mel Blanc, the original voice actor for Bugs? It's true. In 1961, Mel Blanc got in a serious car accident that left him in a coma for weeks. And during this time, he was evidently unresponsive. Eventually, after trying everything they could think of, a doctor attempted to get the unresponsive Mel Blanc to talk by asking him, 
Bugs Bunny, how are you doing today? Blank responded in Bugs' voice and said, what's up, Doc? With which his condition vastly improved almost immediately. Later, the doctor would say of the incident, it seemed like Bugs Bunny was trying to actually save Mel Blank's life. That's a little scary and spooky, not going to lie. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Roger, do you have any questions before we get started? No, I think it's. I think you, you've both covered the sort of the 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 sort of cultural impact, the the historical validation of these uh, of these iconic characters, and uh, yeah, I I didn't think it, nothing nothing felt uh, like you guys were trying to skew anything or kind of like sneak in some little some little bits of you know why your particular chosen character is better than the other. So well done. <laughs> All right, that's that's Although what the life saving thing. Yeah, eh, life saving thing. No, I don't do that in Tale of the Tape. I only do that in the intro to the yeah, show. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not feeling person. the life-saving thing is what you're saying. No, I just, I just, I, I find that, that that's, it's, you know, maybe you're trying to, like, you know, influence the jury here. I don't, I don't know. It just seemed to. All I'm yeah. saying is one started a club that helped people get famous, which is really cool. And the other one saved the life of a beloved voice actor, maybe a voice actor that paved the way for other voice actors oh, uh, who wow. enjoy success of the present day. I'm just saying, <laughs> Roger Craig Smith. How dare you. As listen, an American, listen, I, it's my job to point out the obvious. I wasn't going to bring up the fact that Mickey Mouse personally founded Doctors Without Borders, but now I feel like it's a must. It would have been a lot cooler, honestly, if if Bugs Bunny could have gotten me into Starfield, but, you know. <laughs> he's working on anyway, it. Anyway, <laughs> he's working on it. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> All right. That's horrible. All right. Ray, All right. this is how you start a show. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Mickey Mouse. Let's just talk about some of the basics. And this already gets crazy. This is a very durable character. This is a character who's taken over 95 years, has taken a lot of different types of beatings from very strong and powerful characters. We'll get into more of that later. And he's never once uh, that I've seen lost any blood. This is a character, and this is the Scooby-Doo argument from James Gavsey. If in his property, he's never even bled, uh, how could you possibly make him bleed outside of his property? Uh, James said it, and I will agree for today only. He always gets up despite having the most dramatic injuries physically possible. You could reshape his body. You could remove his head. You can remove his heart. Everything you could do to this character, and he will always reform, reassemble, regenerate, and he will always come back stronger than before. And he's very, very fast. This is a character who has dodged lightning bolts. He's also kept up with a character named Pluto, no doubt you're aware of. Pluto in the cartoons has ran from Neptune to the sun in three seconds. And Mickey Mouse can keep pace with him. That puts him at a speed of over 220,000 light years when he wants to move. Mickey can be very, very fast when he wants to be. He's also a character who always seems to figure out a way to get the win. There are many examples of Bugs Bunny losing in his own cartoons, and I was unable to find a whole lot of Mickey taking losses at the end of his stuff. It's just a strange thing. He always seems to win. He's He can also use Peter Pan's fairy dust to fly when he needs to. A flying character is a big deal. Let's not forget the mouse tools. This is a character who has a seemingly like premonition of the future because he uses the mouse tools. He gets four of them in each episode of Mickey's uh, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And he has to keep, keeps getting himself into situations where he needs a tool to get himself out of it. 
And he always has the right tool at his disposal at any given time. So if Bugs Bunny puts him in any kind of a situation, all he needs to do is say, hey, toodles, and he's going to get a barrage of tools, and one of them will always get him out of it. But let's not worry about the physical feats. This is a guy who was flying in a plane, took out a lasso, lassoed the tail of the plane, pulled on the lasso, and stopped that plane from moving forward. Are you kidding me? Also, physical combat. I don't know exactly what type of martial arts Bugs Bunny pretends to know, but I know that it's verified. Mickey Mouse knows jujitsu. He used it on a lion in a gladiator arena and then said literally out loud, I know jujitsu. Pretty good deal. He also has a, an opposable tail that he can strike with like a third arm. That fluffy thing at Bugs Bunny's butt, not going to do him any good here. And Mickey Mouse, easily genius IQ, Reed Richards at the very, very lowest. He's a mastery in all fields of sports, building things, uh, conventional, unconventional musical instruments, great dancer. He's able to learn flight in mere seconds. He once created a plane on the spot by just repurposing a car, and he was able to create the Courage Builder Potion in order to build someone's moxie up for a fight. Could happen, could, could be important here. Also examples of his genius IQ. He invented a robot that could box as a, a, against the heavyweight champ of the world. And he also invented his own advanced computer network back in, in well in the past before the internet was a thing. He also has access to force fields if he needs even to. He can generate hurricane winds by just breathing. These are all things that Mickey Mouse has done before. He's essentially Godzilla if Godzilla was Super Saiyan with the powers of Dr. Manhattan. But the biggest thing I want to talk about here is the actual real combat experience. Because Mickey Mouse not only fought in World War I, noted... He also somehow fought in World War II. If there's a major world conflict and we need to bring Germany down a peg, you don't send Bugs Bunny, you send Mickey Mouse, and you win. And that's my point number one. All right, all good stuff, and, and there's not a lot I can actually take away from that because Mickey Mouse is insanely powerful and just this great character all around. But I will have to say one thing. You know, uh, as an expert in uh, you know Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, all I can say is that he keeps getting into these problematic situations, hijinks, if you will, where he, you know, uh, has to figure something out and it takes him, what, about 15, maybe 20 minutes to kind of resolve what's going on with his musket tools. Remember in a who would win matchup, you only need to be incapacitated for about two minutes, meaning captured, you're knocked out, you're you're dead. You know, imagine it's it's Mickey's Clubhouse, you know, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, you know, great kid show for kids and, and Mickey Mouse is like, I don't know, incapacitated, whatever, and he's not getting out. You're not seeing this until a commercial break, whatever, Bugs Bunny would get the win. On top of that, you know, yeah, he did know jiu-jitsu, but it's not jiu-jitsu of the modern era. Look, jiu-jitsu in the 40s and 50s had no ground game, no submissions. It was really like judo with some good throws and what have you. Not really, you know, up to date with like what Bugs Bunny can do in modern times with the MMA. And uh, finally, Bugs Bunny also has fought in quite a few conflicts and wars, and he's fought in wars in the past as well, and then came back to the present. This is something, I, I'm really excited because these characters have so much in common. With that being said, let me get to my point number one about Bugs Bunny. Let's talk about, I don't know how else to say it. he's got insane physicals. Look, after doing some research, I discovered something really terrifying, and that's that Bugs Bunny is quite possibly one of the most physically powerful beings in all of existence 
oh, it's true. Let's talk about his durability. Look, Mickey Mouse is durable, but in an episode called What's Up, Doc, Bugs Bunny is shot point blank in the face with a shotgun, and he simply brushes himself off and says, and what's up, Doc? He didn't even care. He's like, I could get out of the way, whatever. I'm not, no, 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 I'm just going to take it and be absolutely fine. He's got super strength. In the episode Rabbit Transit, Bugs Bunny lifts a freaking train car easily over his head and then carries it to a whole other location. By the way, a train car can weigh over 100 tons, which puts him in the Hulk's class of super strength. That's insane. He's got super speed. In the episode of Wild, a Wild Hair, Bugs Bunny outruns Elmer Fudd's bullets. He outran bullets. In the episode of Speedy Gonzalez, Bugs Bunny outran Speedy Gonzalez, who is known for, I don't know, his super speed. He's like the Flash of Looney Tunes. He's got the power of regeneration. Look, in the episode Rabbit Skin, Bugs Bunny's blown up by a stick of dynamite. He just then re immediately reforms himself out of the smoke. In another episode called What's Up, Doc, Bugs Bunny is disintegrated by Magic Wand, but again, he reforms himself out of the dust, which also means he's got immunity to magic. How that works, I don't know. He's got a sixth sense that warns him when he's being watched, so good luck sneaking up on him or trying to trick him. He can shapeshift. In a wild hair, an episode called The Wild Hair, Bugs shapeshifts into a freaking carrot in order to trick Elmer Fudd. That's like a Pickle Rick kind of thing happening with Bugs Bunny. He's a master of stealth. Bugs, you know, we saw this one time he could sneak behind people without making sound he can even go into people's clothes without them being aware of it like that one time race to canis appeared in my jacket that who holiday party weird time whatever he can fly he can spin his ears like you know propellers or he can just jump in the air and pretend he's a jet and put his arms out like wings and he's flying at super speed this is crazy on top of all of that he is immortal it's a fact it, there's a character called the grim rabbit like the grim reaper and the looney tune versions of this character doesn't want bugs soul anymore for some different reasons and he's erased Bugs Bunny's name off the actual list he has of souls to collect upon death. That's crazy. He's a weapons master. He's super skilled using guns and swords. He can shoot a gun with insane accuracy and perform crazy trick shots involving the bullet ricocheting in impossible ways to hit their target. He's also a fighting master. This is really cool. The episode Bugs Bunny gets the Boyd, because that's what they call it back then. Bugs Bunny defeats a large boxing kangaroo with boxing gloves. In the 1950s and 60s, this is a fact, a boxing kangaroo kangaroo with boxing clips on was considered the greatest type of fighter in gay culture and Bugs Bunny beat him. Bugs is also mastered officially boxing, judo, karate, and taekwondo. And on top of that, he's a master street fighter. He'll poke someone in the eyes with like no one's business. And now just how powerful he is. So check this out. He can go from California to Miami while digging and tunneling underground, mind you, in seconds. That's 2,800 miles of digging and tunnel underground in seconds, which demonstrates super speed, super strength, super durability. And finally, how about the time he took a handsaw and proceeded to saw off the state of Florida from the rest of the United States? Do you understand how strong you would have to be to do that? It's crazy. All of that is my point number one. Wow, you're starting... With the sawing off of Florida, that means that you can only go downhill from here because I consider that one of Bugs Bunny's greatest feats. But I do have some things to push back on a little bit here. First off, I ask the question, if he was turned to literal dust by magic and then regenerated afterwards, that does not mean he has immunity to magic. In fact, it seems like that magic is working pretty well. If it actually turned him into dust, that's not immunity. That's just the ability to come back from those attacks. The other question I would ask, who are the enemies in Bugs Bunny's illustrious career that he has really faced off against? I think of Yosemite Sam. I think of El Elmer Fudd. I think of Daffy Duck. I think of characters who can easily be defeated, quite honestly. Uh, you might need to trick around a little bit, you know, maybe put on a dress at one point. That's fine. I'm not thinking of the best of the best, but Mickey Mouse once defeated the devil, the evil queen Maleficent, Hades, 
and Sorcerer Jafar and Ursula. Oh, wait, excuse me. He defeated them all simultaneously at once in a multi-battle. What is it? 5v1. At the, we're not talking about Elmer Fudd here. We're talking about real, actual threats. And Mickey Mouse has brought each and every one of them down with ease. Look, lots of reasons to love Mickey. Lots of reasons to love Bugs. Let's see what our judge has to say. Roger Craig Smith, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Honestly, guys, uh, uh, always, always incredible amounts of research and data and 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 facts. Some some interesting math from both of you guys. Like uh, Ray, at one point you talked about two hundred twenty thousand light years, but I didn't know per what per second. But and yet we also had twenty eight hundred miles of speed digging, you know, from from Bugs Bunny that that was that was in a matter of it. So there's a lot of. Honestly, it's neck and neck right now. You both brought up flying points, which I found kind of interesting because, of course, flying, the ability to fly is is pretty powerful. And yet both you, you've both proven that. You've both done a great job of diminishing the impact of one another's adversaries in terms of like, you know, this isn't Elmer Fudd. It was Hades. It's 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 even right down the middle, uh, you know, as it so often is after round one. You guys do a really, really good job. So uh, this is this is no no different. Look, if James brought up cutting Florida into the ocean and I'm still pulling even, that's a good place to be given what I still have yet to say. Oh. I will say it was 220,000 times faster than light speed. That's what I'm 220,000 times faster than light speed. All right, continue, gentlemen, please. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's let's see if we can keep math out of this because it's about to get crazy. Ray, hit us with your point number two. Point number two, we're just going to ramp it up a little bit because Mickey Mouse can change his body materially as he needs to. He can shapeshift. He can stretch. He can impersonate celebrities if that's what he wants to do. He has a Toon Force ability that's referred to as Hammer Space. I've never seen this term before, but it makes a lot of sense. He could pull any object out if he needs it at a moment's notice if it is funny enough. This is small items. This is items that are bigger than himself. If he needs to, he can just pull it out from behind his back. Mickey can also casually generate over 100 clones of himself to aid him in battle. They are equal to him in every way. And if he wants to, he can reabsorb them back into his own body with minimal effort. One of the wildest things I saw that Mickey consistently can interact with liquids, gases, and energy as if they were solid objects. He could pick up water. He can cut fire with scissors. He could physically punch a tornado and knock it backwards. Mickey uh, is immaterial. He can do all these things. One of my most amazing things I saw, he had a thought and the little light bulb appeared over his head. So he grabbed the light bulb, blew into it so it blew up like a balloon, and then somehow his breath became helium because he was able to fly using the light bulb that he had just blown up that he had materialized out of thin air. But one of the big things we got to talk about here is this is composite Mickey. Let's talk about the Kingdom Hearts video game series because first off, he has access to a Keyblade. It is the Kingdom Keyblade W, the most powerful Keyblade that he could possibly have and he can summon it from thin air with a thought whenever he needs to. He's known in that game series 
as King Mickey, maybe the strongest character in all of um, in all of Kingdom Hearts. Now, if you don't know what Kingdom Hearts is, it's a series of video games that merge Disney with the Final Fantasy worlds. That's the best way to explain it. If you know, if you remember the Final Fantasy episodes we've done before, those are ridiculously powered characters, and Mickey in that series became what is known as a Keyblade Master. In order to become a Keyblade Master, you need to be the best wizard, basically, of all time. You have to be a better wizard than Merlin, of all people. And, on top of that, you have to be a full master of all physical combat as well. Mickey is a Keyblade Master, meaning that he has mastered both. Things he has done in the series, he beat a character named Ansem. This is a character who could literally absorb worlds like Galactus. Took him down. He destroyed multiple dark sides. Not the one you're thinking of. It was a different character named Darkseid. Still impressive. As a Keyblade Master, though, he also has access to Final Fantasy spells and magic. He can cast fire, wind, ice, gravity spells, fear spells. He has a spell called warp that will remove people from existence. He can cast a spell on you and make you not exist anymore. Good luck coming back from that, bugs. Additionally, bind spells, a blind spell, cure spells to heal himself, and a slow spell to make the people around him move slower. We've seen bugs hit by slow magic in his own properties and been affected by it. Of course, he could also teleport with Keyblade magic, and the Kingdom Keyblade W that he uses, it's able to slash and stab like a normal sword, but it can also also fire beams that unlock portals to other dimensions. It's spatial manipulation and he can seal the portals behind him. So one thing that he's e able to do, he can either separate them uh, uh, in half with a portal, ouch, or he can lock them in another dimension. And of course, I said before, but he can summon this weapon out of thin air and control its actions with just his thoughts. So as much as I think Bugs Bunny is great, if he gets vivisected by a portal and or taken to another dimension, I think it's going to take him at least two minutes to come back from that. That's my point number two. You know, that's a really interesting point. I think that's actually a brilliant way to go with this. Uh, well played, Ray. So I'm going to have to counter that because this is a very powerful version of Mickey Mouse, the Kingdom Hearts vision, uh, version with the uh, Keyblade, which is really interesting. But what's not interesting is the fact to me is that a lot of the powers that Mickey gets with his Keyblade are just regular powers and abilities that Bugs Bunny already has. But on top of that, Bugs Bunny was also in a really cool video game, probably not as popular, was called Bugs Bunny Lost in Time, where Bugs acquired the Cosmic Carrot, which is the Infinity Gauntlet on steroids. It's a giant carrot that is said to be the source of all life in the universe. Bugs Bunny got it, and with that Cosmic Carrot, he can create and destroy matter, manipulate time and space in the universe and other dimensions, travel to other dimensions, come back. It can grant wishes. It can undo wishes. This is just crazy stuff. I would match all of what Bugs Bunny can do with a Cosmic Carrot with what Mickey can do in the Kingdom of Hearts. But let me get to my point number two. And in my point number two, I just got to go there. Ray, you started. I'm going to continue my point number two with Toon Force because Bugs Bunny possesses that power in abundance. And, you know, for those who don't know, Toon Force is what allows cartoon characters to defy the laws of physics, perform impossible feats. It's just like a cheat code of cartoon reality. It allows certain characters to do anything they want, no matter how impossible it may seem. And Bugs is definitely no different. So here's some examples of Toon Force as used by Bugs in really cool and ridiculous ways. He's got the power of teleportation. 
We saw this in the episode, What's Up, Doc? I love that episode. And Bugs just teleports away from Elmer, Elmer Fudd by disappearing, reappearing in different locations that are close, far away. Really, really cool. He's got the power of time travel. When he does time travel, does he use an elaborate time machine like a Doctor Who? No, 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 no. He just opens a random door, walks through it to travel back in time and space, and somehow comes back fine. He's also immune to time paradoxes. This is crazy. So when he went into the past, in the episode called Prehysterical Hair, I think it was from 1958, he uh, Bugs finds himself in the Stone Age. He meets his prehistoric ancestors. He interacts with them, which is a big no-no, changes things in the past. And then he comes back to the future. There's no change to him whatsoever, even though he played with the timeline in the past. That's crazy. On top of that, he can warp reality by instantly transforming his location into another location, amongst other things. It's not teleportation. He's in the exact same spot. He just changes his location to another location. He also has the power. This is cool. Causality manipulation, which means he can override and undo reality warping. For example, he granted and undid a wish that altered history. To put this in perspective, remember the comic book storyline where Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, accidentally caused a new reality to appear where the Earth was a dystopian society? Yeah, Bugs can undo that. Bugs Bunny also has a genius intellect, just because, you know, why not? He can also use Toon Force to manipulate lightning and the weather itself. He can use super powerful hypnosis to take full control over characters. Bugs even brainwashed Daffy Duck, someone who, you know, this is important because Daffy Duck also possesses Toon Force. He hypnotized and took over the mind of someone who had Toon Force at their disposal. He can resurrect characters that were just killed or destroyed. He can bring characters and objects from fictional works to life. He's got the power of elasticity. He can stretch like plastic. Man, we got that. Here's my favorites. Just like I already said, he's got the power of that non-physical interaction where he can touch, you know, intangible objects. You know, he, he one time he ate ghost carrots. Not just a ghost, he ate ghost carrots. He walked on clouds. He moved smoke as if it were a curtain. That's really cool. He can somehow suck up noises with a vacuum cleaner. I don't even know how that works. He uses magic, and when he extinguished, he actually extinguished actual hellfire from Daffy Duck when he was turned into Devil Daffy Duck. So he extinguished the hellfire from the Looney Tunes version of the Devil, at least Devil Daffy Duck. He's got the power of transmutation. He turned bullets into flowers. He turned playing cards back to normal after dicing and mixing them into juice, because that's what you do with playing cards. He even turned his carrot into a credit card. He's got the power of immersion where he can enter mirror reflections, newspapers, TV channels, and paintings. He can even turn into a vampire because why not? And if that was enough, he could alter his size in order to shrink or grow super huge, whatever he needs. And all this doesn't include the time he moved the sun. That's right. He moved the sun, dodged a blast of energy that could travel from Mars to the Earth in three seconds, and then decided to stay still and easily tank that same blast, which was capable of destroying planets. And the scariest part about all of this is the fact that all these examples of Toon Force don't actually represent his true level of power. All of that is my point number two. Very, very interesting. Now, I, you know, I checked out this cartoon, Prehysterical Hair, and uh, I don't know if it's better or worse, but he doesn't actually go back in time. He finds an old time capsule that has a reel-to-reel uh, video player, and it's a video from 10,000, somehow a reel, from 10,000 BC with Elmer Fudd and the dinosaurs, and he sort of imagines himself in there and interacts with it that way. Could have all just been his imagination, but it's not like he can just stop time and go back when he wants to. That is not what is shown in that cartoon and I know you're going to mention it later so I'll just bring it up now fourth wall breaking Bugs Bunny does do it of course Mickey Mouse does it as well let's not forget in Mickey Mouse Clubhouse he's often turning to the camera talking to the kids he knows the property that he's in and he knows the speed at which he needs to go 
Additionally, one thing that I noticed is that Mickey Mouse, I, I couldn't really find a lot of examples of him losing in his own cartoons, but I could find examples of Bugs Bunny losing in his cartoons. In fact, in the uh, wonderful cartoon Baton Bunny, where he's a conductor, halfway through that cartoon, a fly appears, a regular old house fly, and Bugs Bunny spends half of that cartoon trying to kill it. And he is unable to do it. If you cannot kill a common housefly, how do you have a chance against Mickey Mouse? At the end of that episode, he couldn't kill the housefly. So literally, the housefly was still alive. It was applauding his work as a conductor. Bugs Bunny bows, bows down to the fly at the end of that cartoon. Exactly like he would be doing if he was able to survive this battle. Please. Bugs Bunny is going down. You can't beat a housefly. You can't beat Mickey Mouse. Look, all I got to say is, you know, I think it was Sun Tzu who said the best way to defeat your enemies is to turn them into your allies. And that's what Bug Bugs Bunny did. He turned a fly into an ally. How cool is that? All right, look. Don't we think both... that's what happened there. <laughs> look, there's lots of great stuff happening. We are actually at the turning point where after hearing two points from Ray and myself, Roger tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Roger has to say, let's celebrate the Hoodwin Patron of the Week. Every week, we choose one of our amazing members of the Hoodwin Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today, we are going to celebrate one of our original patrons. We've got Joe Leal Ooh. in the spotlight today. Joe Leal was also the very first recipient of the Super Fan of the Week contest in the uh, Who Would Win Facebook group. Makes uh, sense. Yeah, th this guy's he's all powerful. Okay, you know what? We're doing this fourth wall breaking, what have you. Let's use a character who can do that as well. Let's have Joe Leal go up against She-Hulk. I knew you. As soon as you said fourth wall, somehow my brain only went to She-Hulk. Should have gone to Deadpool. Didn't. We're on the same wavelength. The thing about She-Hulk is she is a very accomplished lawyer. On top of everything else, very powerful. Hulk obviously breaks the fourth wall, talks to the audience. The thing about Joe Leal, though, is he sued She-Hulk. She was she withheld some uh, some uh, payments from him. She was able to uh, you know did this horrible thing. You know more people uh, are victims of theft from corporate wage theft than actual property theft, and it's not even close. Did you know that? Well, that's what She Hulk did to Joe Leal when he worked for her as an apprentice, as an intern, if you will. And he sued her for it. And despite the fact that she talked to the camera, she talked to the audience, she got everybody on her side in the courtroom, Joe Leal had enough facts and enough receipts that he was able to win that case and got a total of $972 in payment of withheld wages from She-Hulk, thereby defeating her. Great job, Joe Leal. You're really good at law. You know, this makes all kind of sense. You know, as great as She-Hulk is, she's actually, I think, more powerful as an attorney. And Joe Leal beat the She-Hulk in her most powerful form. That is absolutely amazing. Congratulations, Joe. Remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now back to the turning point. Roger, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? This... This is a tough one. You both are doing such an excellent job of bringing up like in incredible amounts of, again, of facts and figures and data and all that. I, I, Ray, excellent job uh, talking about 
Mickey's ability to generate clones, manipulates the physical world, being a Keyblade master, uh, talking about Final Fantasy and 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 existing in that space and being king uh, in, in that world with all of that magic and power can end you know the existence of of his enemies and whatnot. And then uh, James. Phenomenal job of coming right back and saying, look, we've got Cosmic Carrot, you've got Toon Force, teleportation, time travel. Uh, he's impervious to time paradoxes. I was super impressed by you using the term causality manipulation. Didn't grasp the concept, but, but it's, it's, and I mean, if we were playing Scrabble, that causality manipulation, I mean, that's not all one word, but still I- impressed. That said, I will say we've got fourth wall breaks and all that kind of stuff, both your rebuttals and whatnot. That's it's all there. The two minutes to come back from vivisection to another, you know, time portal, that kind of thing. It's all there. I will say, James, there, there's you, you have you have your work cut out for you because what Ray's capable of doing is bringing up Final Fantasy uh, bad guys like Ansem and and similar to Galactus and that kind of thing, and and James. Your guy's talking about a hypnotizing Daffy Duck. So it's you got your work cut out for you, James. It's just like there's a lot more going on over on the Mickey side with the Final Fantasy. These are these are hardcore sounding names and some Galactus. I, I don't even. And then you over on this side we get Daffy Duck. And so so I think I think I, I think James, you got your work cut out for you in this final round here. Simply because just there's there's the silly factor, I guess, or or the loony factor, if you will. No, either or, either or. Okay. Again, you want me to use characters that are less powerful than Daffy Duck, who has Toon Force, so that I can kind of be bring it down towards Ray's. I got you. Roger no, okay. I know exactly. That what was you're an saying. interesting. That's an interesting uh, interpretation of, of that. But no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it'll be interesting to see where you go with that being your motivation. I mean, who knows where this fight could go, right? I mean, everywhere. All right, listen, I get where you're coming from, and, you know, hopefully I have something in my point number three that can hopefully help with this. Who knows? All right, Ray, it's going to come down to this. You've got the slight lead here. Let's see if you can keep up that momentum. Hit us with your point number three. Buckle in, everybody. I got a lot to say, because point number three, we're going for it. Mickey Mouse has near complete and total invulnerability. And at the end of the day, Mickey Mouse always wins. You can't say the same with Bugs Bunny. Good guys in Disney movies and Disney properties always win. Where's the episode of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse where Pete is standing over the fallen body of Mickey? Never happens. Mickey can remove and reattach pieces of his body without any negative repercussions whatsoever. He has survived having his brain removed, having his limbs and head ripped off. He was reduced to a skeleton. He was smashed into paste. This is ridiculous. You can hit him with that and he will be back within 10 seconds at the most. Usually a lot less time than that. But let's talk about some of the more ethereal stuff that he can do. Mickey Mouse has transmutation powers. He can transmute objects into other objects and defy physics using Toon Force to do wild things. This is a guy who changed farm animals into musical instruments just by manipulating the with his hands and and machines that play music as well. He can create life. 
He's created life on several, many, multitude of occasions, even if it's just for a moment creating a homunculi or avatars. He does it by singing. He does it by dancing. He does it by merely touching an object. It will come to life and do his beckoning. This is a character in Mickey Mouse who can control the very concept of color, shapes, and light. This is outrageous. This is a guy who showed up in the real world in the Roger Rabbit movies and used Toon Force in the real world. He wasn't even in his normal properties. Let's not forget when he took another Toon Force character, since that's what you're all about, James. He squished Donald Duck with his hands, literally picked him up and squished him down and smushed him and let him go until he was a tiny, tiny duck who could not affect him in any way. Mickey Mouse grabbed a three-story house and physically shook it (laughs) violently. He reached up and pulled the sun from the sky and held it in his hands. Mickey Mouse did this. Did I mention in the Kingdom Hearts series, he also beat Sephiroth? Kind of a big deal. Roger Craig Smith, you were in the Final Fantasy VII reboot. I know for a fact you know who Sephiroth is, and winning over Sephiroth, pretty big deal. But he also knows magic, magical powers. And some people might think, oh yes, just the Sorcerer's Apprentice. No, he uses magic like in half of his properties. He gave Broom's life in Sorcerer's Apprentice, sure. All he needs to do is put that hat on, and he can control the forces of nature. I mentioned before, he can pull any object out if he needs it, if it's funny. That Sorcerer's hat would come into a a big deal here. Mickey can bring dreams and hallucinations into his own reality and interact with him. If you hit him hard and the stars start swirling above his head, he could grab those stars and throw them like shuriken that explode with the power of a star. That's who Mickey Mouse is. And in the epic Mickey video game, he was gifted a paintbrush that can both create and delete life. He can end it. Right there, it's called Yen Sid's Brush. And you're familiar with the Roger Rabbit concept of dip. The one thing that could actually kill a tune. He has access to that with Yen Sid's brush. So he could literally create the dip to put Roger Rabbit in after slowing him, stopping him, doing whatever else he needs to do and drop him if he needs to. If he needs to. He also has the ability of morality manipulation. He could use the paintbrush to turn a hostile enemy into a friend. Just like that. That's a battle over in two seconds. He can pause his own universe and then give himself advice in a fourth wall breaking moment from the higher plane of existence. He can literally note to his former self and tell him how to win the battle. I've seen Mickey Mouse exit his own cartoon and watch it on a screen and then intervene with the things that he is watching. What are we even talking about here? I know Bugs Bunny one time turned out to be his own animator. That's fantastic, James. I know you're going to bring it up in just a second. But how does that possibly affect all of the things I just mentioned? And the dip? This is done. Sorry to bury Bugs Bunny, one of my favorite characters in all of fiction. But it's time to go. Mickey Mouse is too much for you. And that's my point number three. I like how you use like kind of a vitriol to say your points. I, mean, I can just imagine you at Burger King, like I'll take the fries and the 
big at whatever it is you else you order. James, Burger King. that is a low blow. You know I'm banned from all Burger Kings in the United States, Canada, Mexico, and Germany. There's that one place in the Philippines. Here's the thing, Ray. It's it's not a surprise you're banned because you like to say points in a really kind of, you know, nasty, villainous way. It doesn't mean the points are any better. Here's the deal. When it comes to transmutation and magic and all a lot of the other stuff that Mickey can do, which is really cool. I already said Bugs can do the same thing. Mickey Mouse touched, put the sun in his hand. Yeah, Bugs Bunny also moved the sun. We're kind of going back and forth. You know, access to dip from that Roger Rabbit movie. Bugs has access to that as well. There's a lot of similar things that they can do. Now, let me just kind of talk to Roger Craig Smith a little bit. You know, Bugs Bunny has been part of some different teams, crossovers. You know, he's teamed up with Superman, Batman, uh, the Justice League, Green Lantern Corps, uh, and also uh, my favorite, the Legion of Superheroes. He's fought the villains of all these different groups, except when it came to the Legion of Superheroes. And if you're not familiar with them, they're kind of like the Justice League uh, of the 30th century. And Bugs Bunny actually was able to completely just befuddle them. Like, they couldn't figure out what was going on with they threw every power they had at him and at when the dust just kind of cleared they looked at him and he's just sitting on like a lounge chair you know drinking uh, a carrot juice type of drink and he's like hey what's going on like this is someone who tanks all of the superpowers and super beings when they're like, trying to come after him so it's kind of an even thing there but let me get to my point number three and my point number three i'm just gonna say it i'm gonna go with what's called beyond Tude force and i'm also gonna talk about mickey mouse's big weakness because he's got one and how this fight's really gonna go down look bugs bunny's tune force is so powerful, it really is just something beyond. So how so, you might ask? Well, Bugs Bunny can use Toon Force for something called void manipulation, where he can erase living beings from existence with a giant pencil and eraser. That's a thing that he did, Ray. You talked about one episode. I think there's more than one episode where he did it. And he can break the fourth wall like no one else. I'm telling you. See, Bugs can cut and edit the cartoon he's in and even exit from that same cartoon. Now, I know Mickey can exit, but Mickey's not cutting the whole thing and controlling that reality from outside. But there's more. He can actually take control of the script, change the ending of an episode to make things go his way. He can pull things into the cartoon from off screen. He can even identify and tell who the animator is and grab their tools. That is a whole different level of understanding of fourth wall breaking that Mickey Mouse just doesn't have. But this is where things get even trickier because... Because when Bugs Bunny interacts with the artist, the episode sometimes happen more than once. The artist is revealed to be, just as Ray said, himself. How does Bugs Bunny break the fourth wall and interact with the artist who happens to be himself? That's some weird quantum physics meta whatever's happening. I have no idea. But like again, that's kind of like a God particle thing happening. Look, has Mickey broken the fourth wall? Of course. But he's never done anything close to altering a comic strip or animation. He's in, in the same way that Bugs Bunny has. Now let's talk about M Mickey's biggest weakness. And what's his biggest weakness? It's the fact that he's naive. That's a huge difference between these characters. Check this out. Generally speaking, Mickey's naivete, if that's the right word to use, kind of gets him in some really bad situ situation. For example, in an episode called Runaway Brain, Mickey trusts a mad scientist. Really? Oh, yeah. And that leads him into a trap where he's in a brain-switching experiment that puts his mind into a monstrous body and hijinks ensue. Uh, in so many comic strip storylines, there's a character called Phantom Blot who often uses Mickey's naivete again to lure him into traps or when he bought, I don't know, that one time he bought magical beans and almost got killed by a giant. That's a crazy thing. And there's so many other examples. Now, why is this weakness important? Simple, because Mickey's naivete, his blind trust, is one of the main things Bugs Bunny uses against his opponents throughout his career. Oh no, Daffy Duck or Marvin the Martian or someone from the Legion of Superheroes is coming after him to you know do something. No problem for Bugs Bunny. He'll just use his street smarts and convince him that he's actually, I don't know, an opera singer and figure out a way around it. See, that's a difference between these two. Mickey Mouse gets convinced, whereas Bugs Bunny does the convincing. And when it comes to falling for traps or for someone's tomfoolery, 
Yeah, Mickey Mouse has a career of doing that. So here's how this fight's going to go on. Look, they're going to face off. They're going to go at it. Toon Force this, Toon Force that. Mickey's going to use his Kingdom Hearts, that Keyblade kind of stuff. Bugs pulls out that cosmic carrot. They're going back and forth. And, you know, for everything that's happening, that Mickey throws a Bugs Bunny, Bugs Bunny just kind of smiles and winks. And he's like, hey, what's up, Doc? And kind of counters it like no one's business. And that's when Mickey's like, all right, fine. I'm bringing out the big guns. And all of a sudden, he paints a train tunnel on the side of wall and jumps into it. Bugs is smart enough not to follow. And he's like, okay, let's see what he's got. And he's looking at it, but nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, that's when he sees this massive shadow appear over him and over the whole entire planet. He looks up. It's a Death Star in the form of Mickey Mouse's head. Yeah, he jumped in the tunnel, transported himself, teleported, and materialized a Death Star in the form of Mickey Mouse's head. And from there, he shoots a blast of energy and destroys everything, even the planet, everything he's on, you know, but everyone else is fine he teleported them away because he's Mickey Mouse and he's cool like that. And he's celebrating and he's winning until he looks out in the distance and sees a giant eraser going ahead and destroying the galaxy. Mickey's like, what the heck is that? Trying to reverse, trying to get out of there. And all of a sudden, the giant eraser comes closer, closer and starts erasing Mickey from existence. The entire galaxy, the multiverse he's in is being erased. And as we see that giant pencil and that eraser and we see that white gloved hand and then we see the arm coming up, it's none other than Bugs Bunny erasing everything, the entire thing, getting the win and looking at us, breaking the fourth wall once more and saying, ain't I a stinker? See, that's how Mickey Mouse loses. That's why Bugs Bunny wins. That's my point number three. Absolutely incorrect assertions on every possible point, James Gavsey. If Bugs Bunny tries to do the old eraser animator trick, a thing he's done only one time, and my knowledge of who would win rules say one-time occurrences are not to be argued because they are outside of character, but even assuming that we allow it, which we shouldn't, that eraser is made of cartoon, isn't it? It is a cartoon eraser, which means Mickey just has to pull out the magic wand that creates dip and erase the eraser from existence. If Mickey is existing on a white page and Bugs Bunny is off off screen being an animator with no means to manipulate, that means that Mickey Mouse has won the battle through battlefield removal in a strange way. And you said Mickey's never done the fourth wall thing. I just said he stepped off screen into a theater to watch his own cartoon and then manipulated what happened on the screen. I know you don't listen to anything I say, James, but it's egregious in this one. The thing I know of uh, everything is that Mickey Mouse does not lose his cartoons, right? You mentioned the thing with the switching brains. Who won at the end of that cartoon? Mickey Mouse won at the end of that cartoon. Was he even jammed up for more than two minutes? No, never. He gets out of everything very quickly, doesn't he? But Bugs Bunny, on at least four different occasions, has lost at the end of his own cartoon. I mentioned the housefly. Also, Cecil the turtle challenged him to a tortoise and the hare race. Who won that race? Cecil the turtle outran Bugs Bunny. We remember a, a cartoon called Rhapsody Rabbit. It's another musical one. There is an unnamed mouse who shows up, I believe, playing what? The piano? And he is so good, Bugs Bunny bows to his mastery at the end of the episode. And finally, the gremlin from the Falling Hair airplane cartoon... Bugs Bunny is soundly defeated by an unnamed gremlin, and the only reason everybody doesn't die at the end is because as the plane is sinking, Bugs Bunny's turning green, becoming a puddle on the ground in front of himself, and giving up. They run out of gas an inch before they hit the ground, and then 
the gremlin wins that cartoon as well. If you're not going to win your own cartoons, you're not going to beat Mickey Mouse who never loses because I've seen Disney's business practices and Disney does not lose. Whoa, 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 whoa. Really? I, I mean, I, I, everything else, I'm, I'm kind of following what you said. You just said Disney does not lose. Are Mickey you... Mouse has been around for 95 sure? years. He should be public domain by now and is not. But Disney as a whole does not lose. Is that what you're saying, Race to uh, Heroes in Disney cartoons do not lose. Wasn't the question. Was it? All right. Roger Craig Smith. It's time for you to make a decision. Give us your magic. You know, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. Take us through your process. Tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny. My process. My process is is one is is being in a constant state of overwhelm, <laughs> sitting like frantically going. I need to learn shorthand or something to get better with like note taking. I, I again, as I point out so many times, I have four pages of notes here. My gosh, guys, incredible! A lot of back and forth. A lot of like could go any possible way. I I, I dig. The idea of of you guys both bringing up all sorts of things like void manipulation, you know, breaking forth walls and 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 a lot of like, you know, kind of uh, back and forth on this stuff. You guys are trading blows like crazy throughout this entire thing. I, you know, Mickey, uh, Ray, bringing up all the points about, you know, Mickey constantly being able to pull any object out, you know, morality manipulation, you know, uh, n- noting to his formal se- his former self, you know, uh, uh, all these things have just been uh, James Void manipulation, all that. Changing the script. It's it's come down to a lot, like there were some really, really solid points. Ray, you kept bringing up the fact that Bugs Bunny has lost on so many examples. You, you were on at least four occasions that you brought up, you know, uh, as far as canon, where Bugs Bunny lost, and Mickey never loses, Disney never loses. These are these are your points, James. You had a really solid uh, concept with like Mickey's naive, though. There's plenty of examples of Mickey getting himself into like really silly scenarios that. So, you know, Bugs being a very cunning kind of a street smart kind of individual would never have found himself in those scenarios. I really liked the way James brought it home with, uh, you know, ain't I a stinker? That was that was really well done. Kind of working in Ray. You had every opportunity to 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 try to do a Mickey voice or something. And mm-hmm. you just I know I, better. I well, but I, I heard it in little like bits and pieces here and there. I will say, you know, this uh, Ray, I thought you had it with the erase the eraser. Right. When when James was bringing it home with all that. So, gentlemen, I honestly it's this is going to be I I cannot wait to hear from the fans. This is going to be controversial. You both have done such an incredible job of of showing how powerful and formidable both of these, you know, these characters are. I think, though, early on, you both were bringing up things like jujitsu, 1940s, 50s, you know, style jujitsu. James, you were talking about MMA, contemporary MMA. So I think with Toon Force and Final Fantasy and Fantasia and all these different magical elements that exist between these two characters, eventually it's going to come down to they're going to have to square off. They're going to have to get in the ring together. They're going to have to be hand-to-hand. Or you guys wouldn't have brought up things like MMA, Jiu-Jitsu, all that kind of stuff. 
You both mentioned at the very beginning we're going with the composite versions, right? I'm assuming like old school, standard. These are two characters that have been around forever, right? So instantly you mentioned Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny and people conjure up images. What I see in my mind's eye without anybody even mentioning Final Fantasy or Toon Force or anything like that is a happy-go-lucky little mouse who's who's constantly doing things like going, gosh, right? And then there's this really street smart kind of, I don't know, I don't know that I'd want to be friends with this guy, Bunny, that has teeth that are out front all the time, and you guys did such a great job of bringing up so many powerful, powerful arguments. I got to go with, uh, but but if it's going to, if they're all going to cancel each other out, erasing the eraser, manipulation of, of the physical world, mani- manipulation of time and existence as we know it, all that, then it's going to come down to two characters going face to face, the naivete of Mickey Mouse versus the street smarts of Bugs Bunny. In this matchup between Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse, the winner is absolutely Bugs Bunny and his formidable teeth. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Legion of Audience. <laughs> I got the win in a very uh, unsuspecting way. Was not thinking this is how it would go down. But again, this is Roger Craig Smith. This is someone who sees between the levels, who understands the minutia of what's happening in any type of fight that's ever going to exist, ever. No one can debate him. That's just who he is. Uh, and if you want to, go for it. He'll crush you, is all I'm trying to say. Uh, I, I, I guess, Ray, uh, do you want to go ahead and crown me as the uh, champion of Showdown September? I will not be crowning you because I don't think you actually won this battle. I think if it came down to physicality, I mentioned a guy who moves at 220,000 times the speed of light and can shake a three-story house with his bare hands. And you brought up, I'm not sure what you brought up physically, to be honest with you. You brought up the fact that jujitsu in the 1950s is not as powerful as jujitsu today. Didn't actually express that Bugs Bunny knew jujitsu of today. I don't know how our judge came to this decision. Now, I will say the people, I'm sorry, the morons who listen to this show said about three to one, 75% that Bugs Bunny would win. Some of which said low to no difficulty because the brains inside their heads don't work. And I challenge anybody who actually listened to this episode, judges aside, to come to any conclusion other than the fact that Mickey Mouse would clearly win this battle. He'd win it metaphorically. He would win it physically. He would win it magically. He would win it with Toon Force. You could pick six criteria and Mickey Mouse would win all six of them. I don't know what our judge is thinking. I'm so happy that he's so good looking because I would be furious with him if he was even mid in the appearance factor. Right. You know where I think you lost it? was when you said Disney doesn't lose. And here's the thing. I wish Disney didn't lose. I love Disney. I wish Disney was like awesome all the time. Unfortunately, they've had a small string of losses without going into details in the, you know, just because you pitched Disney, the who would win show as a TV show and they didn't pick it up does not mean that you need to bring that into this battle or that anyone needs to mention that it happened. They didn't say no yet. They have the pitch. 
They're considering it. We'll see what happens. Roger Craig Smith. Yes. Again, there was only <clears throat> one person who we could bring onto the show who could oversee and judge such an epic showdown, and you did it. You saw past everything. You calculated all the points brought to you and then came up with a conclusion that only you could come up with, and now you're ready to take on the legion of audience, the fan base, in case there's any one of them that don't agree with the decision. But here's the thing. I think the vast majority actually will see your way of thinking. Great job. I'm going to crown myself the champ of Showdown September. It feels great. Great things are going to come to me. In the meantime, please come back to the show. Tell the Legion of Audience, our fan base, where they can find you online. Okay. Before I go, Ray, if it helps you sleep. Okay. I, I see I, you're fired up, and I, and I get it. Yeah, people can uh, um, people can literally just. I got nothing going on. They can they can send all their hate my way to at Roger Craig Smith on both Twitter and Instagram. Sorry, Instagram and Exter Twitter and Instagram at Roger Craig Smith. I welcome the smack talk. <laughs> I welcome Ray's. You know, continuing to go to 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 go against me on this. I I. I I, I get it. Roger Craig Smith, I will be dismantling you on the third degree do it. on the Patreon Bring channel. It. I can handle it. At patreon.com slash who would win show. Prepare yourself for a disintegration of a Mickey Mouse proportion on our Patreon very soon after this episode finishes. Um, I once watched a YouTube video of a guy hitting a toaster with a sledgehammer. That doesn't mean that Brainiac would lose to Robin. This is the point I'm trying to make here. These, again, the points that James are making are not only nonsensical, they also don't make any sense. Ray, do you feel cheated? I feel robbed. Of course, hashtag Ray was robbed. Ray was robbed. That should be obvious by now. I don't know. I don't know. I I feel like you both did a great job, but uh, in the end... Oh, I know I did a great job. You I know, don't need somebody who told but, me I somehow lost but, with the lead going into point three telling me how good a job I did because I already know it. But but in the end, it wasn't good enough. You know what? Roger Craig Smith, as an American, yes. uh, here's the deal. <laughs> uh, I'm used to uh, other people being jealous of yeah. you know accomplishments that we as a country have on a regular yeah. basis and saying yeah. like, oh, you missed it or you didn't come up with the right decision. No, you know, Simone Biles, she's fantastic. You can't take anything away from her. You know, uh, all the great stuff America does, you know, as an American, Roger Craig Smith, I yeah. salute you, another fellow American, for doing the right thing, coming up with the right call. Thank you. You're you know, welcome. It's, it's not, I, I, like, I welcome you into this fold. Of <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, the the warmth under under this flag that we're all sort of like you know snuggled up. It's it's just great. It's it's a good space. It's a good space to be in. It is good space to be in. Yeah. All right, Thanks, well, James. Thank you, Roger Craig Smith. <laughs> Race to Canis. Tell our fan base legion of audience where they can find you if they dare online. You can find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316. Twitter is dead. X never existed. I'm enraged. I have nothing more to say. This is a colossal, a colossal boggle of the mind that anyone could listen to the points that were just made and think that the nonsense, the drivel that came out of James Gavsey's mouth was good enough for victory. It's not good enough for me. It shouldn't be enough for TV's Roger Craig Smith. It shouldn't be good enough for our listeners, no matter how stupid they might be. Well, and they are very stupid. I could have been in Starfield. <laughs> No. <laughs> Not with that. Maybe next time. I don't know. <laughs>
All Damn right. it. You can, holy cow. Okay, you can find me on Gosh. <laughs> Ray sure is angry. <laughs> All right, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gads. You remember to join the official Hoodwin Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, Roger Craig Smith, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. What's up, everyone? Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia! Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.